0: You're listening to an episode of the Break the Cycle podcast on the SVTV network,
1: and we are live with Adhar Malotra's podcast.
0: (laughs) We've clearly flipped this one, haven't we? Normally, (laughs) I start with the intros for my podcast.
1: I just thought thought I'd throw in a fancy one. Uh huh. (laughs) Or like, God of. Are you ready? This is Adar Balotra's podcast, coming to you now on SoundCloud, every yeah. Tuesday.
0: And Spotify. And it's every, and Spotify. And it's every Thursday. And every Thursday. One of the man? <laughs> <laughs> you do know why I'm interviewing it, right? <laughs> yeah, true. Not yeah. as a
1: voiceover artist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, folks, so uh, we decided to change things up a bit. I am not giving the intro for this one, primarily because the only reason why I'm interviewing this man is because I get to sit right next to his drum kit. And those of you who know me know I love drum kits, so he's being the, the drum kit sugar daddy. Right now, yeah. Right now.
1: There's only like what two drummers who have like a drum pad to themselves, like a uh-huh. proper drum pad where you can record shit. Uh-huh. One is Suya, she has one, and uh, the other like is yeah, me. And the only difference here is, his is a box and mine's a very large box. So, I've just... I, Are you I, showing off, Shardal? Yes, I am. Slightly showing off. Like, <laughs> because, no, I learned... Basically, I, I, I watched other people go through it and I was like, fuck it. Uh, I'll wait till everybody else fucks up their shit and then, <laughs> we'll, and then learn what they fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> so, a bunch of drummers built a drum room and uh-huh. it was small. And I was like... They're like, bro, ceilings. I wish we had ceilings. Fucking found a place in my house that had ceilings. And now, <laughs> I have an 18-foot ceiling above my drum kit. So, it's fucking sick.
0: Oh, damn. It sounds good, dude. It sounds sounds good. It sounds good. Sounds damn good.
1: Right, so... Shadur, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. So, my name is Shadur Mehta, as he's been mentioning. Um, I am currently at the recording point of this uh, podcast. I'm 33 years old. I'm boy, I feel old. But I've been <laughs> doing, I've been playing music um, with people since I was, I think, 12. Mo- kind of like going semi pro pro when I was 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, started doing gigs and shit and. Going about town and trying to, you know, see what's out and who's playing music. And it just happened organically. Like, one really good guitar player I met, Karan Sharma, Uh and he was playing uh, uh, some commercial gigs. He got me into this, uh, meet this guy named Edwin Fernandez. Somebody made me uh, when I was very young in the 8th, ninth grade. Meet this, uh, meet the people from Parikrama. Yeah. And uh, it's all just, uh, that's how I just met people. And like, there's like, oh, the kid know, can, can play drums. And uh, mind you, for three years it sounded like construction. For a good six months, my father thought there was no drum kit in the house. There's a house getting constructed nearby. <laughs> so, what? so I sucked. Like, <laughs> even though I'm probably sucked now, but I sucked so hard <laughs> that my dad thought it was construction.
0: <laughs> Damn so, man. So
1: that and you know, it's that means no rhythm whatsoever. You know. Dude, uh, my mom slept off with the full band playing at home. That? See, like I said, you guys were good, man. You guys didn't fuck up because you fuck up, and that 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 ruins people's moods. <laughs> <laughs> she slept a metal, Shahidul. That's okay as long as you didn't fuck up. It's fine. You can totally sleep with a loud rumble that's consistent. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Is it, this like the, there was a there was a fellow uh, like it's very it's a pedantic thing. Like I think it's mm-hmm. a human thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just got a constant rhythm, you'll get used to it. Yeah. And uh, I guess you at some point you might even enjoy it. <laughs> And if you're creative enough, you'll make Black Sabbath. Oh, yeah. That's how, that's how, that's how that started. Right. But then, uh, if I
0: go with constant rhythm, I'm kind of breaking out of the whole soul and theme of
1: this podcast. No, true, true. Yeah. We're not getting into music musicality yet. yet. No. So, yeah. So, back, back, oh, to, back to my break. life story here. Yeah. <laughs> um, started in a bunch of bands. Started with a school band. Uh-huh. Uh, I was an eight-year-old kid bugging all the... 12th, 12th graders mm-hmm. uh, sorry not 8th grade grade working all the 12th graders I want to be in the band I want to be the band uh-huh. and I was totally not old enough to uh, hold my own with uh, like elder people uh-huh. worked my way up to it in 6 months uh-huh. and stole the job of the resident drummer there uh-huh. uh, uh, <laughs> he, he must really, hate you right he, now yeah, no no he was a better guitar player than he was a drummer though Ooh, yeah, so, nice. so that's the thing he was actually a guitar player but he could play drums yeah so it started with this band Cyanide uh-huh. that went pro after we got out of school just like we'll continue because we've got like a bunch of people who follow it and he's yeah. been building from school and to colleges and whatever so um, that happened and I started playing with uh, this band called Joint Family which we formed with Clarence oh, um, yeah, I was not supposed to be in the band originally but then Clarence goes this is the guy, the only guy in Delhi who can do the job so <laughs> called him uh, and uh, we're, we're like very really older basically mm-hmm. somebody older might have been able to do it but in high age group the only guy who could do it so yeah. then they called me back and they were just like uh, I think we need you in the band even though uh, I wasn't uh, I was with another uh, with Rahul Sanani who was part of Joint Family I, he was part of Cyanide as well so right. he was like I don't want to work with somebody I've already worked with Right. want do some new shit with new people and get some new energy but then I showed up again <laughs> and he was like fuck this and then we made music uh, slowly and steadily over the time while playing shows uh-huh. and our first show got like I surpassed my own capabilities on my fir- on the first show with them and I was like fuck I'm enjoying this because I'm like fucking blasting it because like I was shaking the shit out of myself trying to play people good shit uh-huh. I swear to God I was just I didn't know how to play metal I had heard Slipknot literally two days before that damn and the whole two days on repeat I had Slipknot on like it was just every minute of every day it was just Slipknot in my headphones repeat I was just listening because I couldn't make sense of it so I was a pop drummer who turned into a prog drummer who turned into a, um, metal drummer uh-huh. and then went now straight back to pop again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I played through a lot of bands, like any, any major band, uh, the band band that mm-hmm. has come out of Delhi, I've probably played with. You've mm-hmm. got Menopause, you've got Still Dirty with Jeet Thail, you've got, uh, Medieval Pundits now, you've got, uh, Joint Family, Cyanide, Fareed Kourt, Yeah, Indigo Children, Super Fuzz, mm-hmm. um, Fuck, I played with October also once, man. Uh, I played with the uh, Grammy-winning effort also once. Man. Dude, I'm thanking my stars. You didn't get my job. Yeah, I probably at some point was asked, and I was like, <laughs> 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 no. no <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> they called me for Capital Metal Project. There we go. Uh, capital Metal <laughs> Project's not my job. Uh, okay, that's not my job. <laughs> I, I, no, I, we played a gig with them. Sorry. No. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's anyone's it job. Not anyone's that's anyone's job. That's anyone's But job. they called me to record for that. So I Yeah. I, like, a lot of times it happens, like, we all share our seats. Yeah. So, uh, like, uh, me playing Grammy-winning effort and all, it's me subbing for a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Then I played with a bunch of... Uh, like, I played with Edwin Fernandez also for a bunch of corporate co- co- Yeah, games. yeah. Uh, I played... Uh, man, it's been, like, what? How'd you 70, get to that point, 70, 17 years, though. Right? <laughs> 17 years. Yeah, it's 40, 14 till... 30, it's, no, 19, actually. 14 till 33. Fuck. That's yeah. a long-ass time, yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's a while. But
0: how'd you get to that point, though? Because uh, I think you're one of the few... Who's consistently stayed with music? I know you, I I do remember you kind of disappearing for about five years because of uni.
1: Yeah, I went. I but, went abroad for uni.
0: Yeah, but but as far as just generally being there in the music
1: scene throughout, you've you've been a consistent name. I mean, I don't know how much of a scene it is, but people, yeah, there's a bit of recall value with people because obviously they've become we become friends. Everybody mm-hmm. I play with is my friend. Yeah that's why I would choose to play with them because they're not filling my pockets. Mm. Uh, the second they start paying me like a lakh an hour. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about money now and that's a good job.
0: A lakh an hour.
1: Yeah, that's that. I mean, the people charge that. Right? Yeah. People charge more than that actually.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But that's an hour session or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. you do like 10 of those a month or mm-hmm. 20 of those a month, whatever you get your fancy. Mm-hmm. But if like, if they were doing that, then it'd be a more business relation. But I play with people because I like them. Mm-hmm there's the three P's it's I think it's 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 people uh, pay and uh, personality Mm -hmm. you know Uh, so if if the people are like rewarding and they're personable and they're nice to be around Mm -hmm. then that's great if if you get a good pay that's great and the other P is uh, what do you call um, how about P's in it what 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 that? But there are three pillars of this entire situation and you need to meet two of those criteria. It has to be good pay, mm-hmm. it has to be uh, it has to be a good time mm-hmm. and it has to be with good people. Right. So if two of those things are sorted, you should take that job. Right. You know? Uh, so I, I that's how I go about it now. Mm-hmm. And, but earlier it used to be it's and earlier pay was not much, but they were great people and it was great it was great fun. Mm-hmm. So I went to the job. That's what my philosophy was. I would never really think too hard about it that way. <laughs> But yeah, I mean,
0: uh, you're one of the few people I've seen, at least within this... Uh, That's stuck around, yeah. That's stuck around one, and, and stuck around like how? Like a lot of us, and someone who's actually turned it into a profitable career.
1: Uh, yeah, it's profitable to a point. Mm, uh, define because that. Because there are good months and there are bad months. It's mm-hmm. like any sort of freelance job. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mainstay acts are very... Like, there was a point when I joined the Pandas, we were gigging a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have 50, 60 gigs a, a year. Right. And so that was money. Right. You know, that's a fair bit of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get your rates right and the gigs are good and whatever not. So, it's a good bit of money. Mm-hmm. So, that's nice. And then I had, like, when I was playing with, like, five, six bands, then there was money. Right. Now I'm s- consolidating to just two, three main acts and the rest of it just outsourcing. You right. Know? Like, I'm just going to, like, do other people's work in the studio because I built a place at home. Mm-hmm. Where we're recording this podcast right now. Right. So, um, it's my own private little cave.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: over the years, I've realized that this is required. Because mm-hmm. you're a drummer, you can't just fuck off somewhere. Yeah. you got to have your shit set and <laughs> um, press spacebar and you should go. Mm-hmm. So over the years, also I realized that uh, longevity, for longevity and all that, it's like people, you've noticed that uh, bands come and bands go, musicians come, they play and then they do something else and they go to JJ and all. The so idea is not to um, be amazing. Mm-hmm. The idea is to be relevant mm-hmm. and the idea is to be fucking around. Mm-hmm. So if like my main thing is like everybody will die and I'll still be playing music. So I win. Right. You know, that's the kind of mentality I have on this. That's why you say, why you say you've, you've been around, you've been doing this as a kid till now. Mm-hmm. And that's only purely the love of it because nobody's get, buying me the Ferrari. <laughs> and um, uh, and it's, it's the love of it and the fact that I'm just trying to beat people on their time, actually. Because mm-hmm. every 10 minutes there's a kid born who's better than I am. Mm-hmm. But is he going to still be playing drums in five years? Will he get a day job? Will he just do whatever? Because mm-hmm. you never know. Yeah. In my case, I want I I the only gold medal I ever won in my entire life in school. Any medals for anything was fucking music, man. Mm-hmm. And I, nobody taught me that in school. Mm-hmm. There was no music teaching for me. I was an electronics and communication kid. I did IT and shit, you Nobody taught me music like that, man. I did it pretty much on my own. And uh-huh. now for production, fucking YouTube University, bro. I'm graduating. So, like, you really have to fucking, like, it, you just have to stick it out. Yeah. And there's no need to stop making music. Mm-hmm. You can always make music. If it's an outlet and you make music, you. Dal ban ariu pe khane to music banani Right. Because make a sunna And I had rather listen to something and learn some stuff on that and then do. It's just an interest. Mm-hmm. So I can't stop it. I tried to stop it for five years and I was miserable. <laughs> so I fucking came back to India, I was like, we're fucking making music. And it happened. And then people, when they heard I was back, I became the hired gun again. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that's, 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 that's kind, that kind of sucks though. After all this time, it's just like, aaja bajade. You know? Like, yeah. Like for those five years missing, I I missed that. If I'd continued and not gone, I would mm-hmm. have had an identity and not had that break in the middle. I would have had an identity in music where I did my own shit and was known for my own shit. Right now I'm known for other people's music. Okay. Apart from Joyride Family. Uh-huh. Everything else is somebody else's music. Right. I've written some stuff. Like mm-hmm. with Sundog, with a Pirate Radio that I've started right now. By the way, plug for the shit, singles out already. Go on Apple, Spotify, iTunes, whatever the fuck.
0: The song's called This Is War. The song
1: is called This Is War. Yeah, so the song is called This Is War by the Pirate Radio.
0: I'm going to leave the link in the show notes. Yeah, please do. So uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's that's just going to be easier. Be, yeah, that, that'll be easier. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's, that's again a new outfit that's kind of got like a bit of the Lars Ulrich happening. Mm-hmm. And people hate Lazulric. I like to shit on Lazulric. But he had something going. Like he did. Yeah. Uh, and he's just too drunk to execute it. But <laughs> if, he, if he actually... If the alcohol ever wore off, which mm-hmm. if it ever does, because I know he's drank a lot in his life, I he's doing liver process kar <laughs> So he's a He can't understand shit. But he's that... <gasps> ah, on every song actually is the deal ACDC yeah. made a career out of it the riffs sound heavy as fuck you don't mm-hmm. run the way of anything Parallel compression sounds boss it's it's just it's just good <laughs> they, they've got he's got a good thing going but he just does not execute it well uh-huh. and I've tried that in these songs and it fucking works bro the, the not t- 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 the whole uh-huh. thing works and no, the they works. if, you, if you, yeah if you do it live it's fucking banging sweet so
0: yeah, all right, right, so we're gonna break the cycle because we're trying to identify how a lot of us have just breaking out of patterns, ruts, um, stuff like that. So my question to you specifically: What are some of the, your personal cycles that you've
1: broken through the years, music or otherwise? I mean, the whole like my whole life revolves around it. That's all I talk about pretty mm-hmm. much nowadays. That and like the day job with my family business and stuff, mm-hmm. which is in hospitality, hotels, hospitals, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um. Um I think this like it it's it's a more evolutionary process. I don't think I'm breaking a cycle, I'm just finding my way around shit. So it's like first in like when you start you uh, like I was I remember I was young my sister used to listen to Samantha Fox. So i was indoctrinated into pop music. Mm-hmm. Shit tons of it. You know like Savage Garden and shit. The dude was cute, she was watching it. If it, Jake Chick, Chick was hot and dressed trendy, she was watching it. Mm-hmm. She was a young teenager. Samantha Fox, man. Yeah. Um and um then got into like like, bit more of the punky kind of sort of stuff there, mm-hmm. that, that was the pop version of it was Green Day but then I got the Sex Pistols and all that shit Yeah, and um, got into different different acts and through boards of music randomly never really paid attention to what I was listening just made sure that I listened to something right. and some shit stood out and then I remembered it mm-hmm. very rare though it was just like lots of music let's just keep listening to shit like mm-hmm. I don't care Yeah. I used to predominantly listen to Green Day when they came out though I remember that as a big thing because that really did make me want to play drums Oh yeah, that really did. It, and I like I remember getting dookie like the week it came out. It uh-huh. was a fucking cassette, and I had to go to blues and def call. Yeah, and he used to bootleg tapes. Oh and he yeah, used to, he used to actually get the original ones smuggled from the U.S. and bring the thing down. And so we had <laughs> a lot of these tapes, so I we, I got all of music from there. Mm-hmm. And they were the original actual tapes. Mm-hmm. No magnusound recreation, nothing. Straight up, bro. Straight up from the U- U.S. He just bootleg the shit and just bring it over. Uh, and black my bikhriye jo bhi hai. That was a fun time. Yeah, but we we got... I got access to a lot of bands that way. And, like, even Indian bands, actually, like Colorblind. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, do you remember that guy? No, no. Okay, like, okay, like, Parade of Souls. Uh, I, I don't Colorblind. remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, fuck, yeah, I do, I do, I it do. A, it, it was, that and Rock Machine, man. That oh, was, that man. Was, that was the only two things that I had to look forward to in India. Damn, yeah. And, um, like, I, it was really... I Like, again, talking about, like... I, I, early 90s man so I must have been like 5 uh-huh. like still let's rock into the shit also mm-hmm. rock into like I did rock to Rangila at some point <laughs> but, uh, but I didn't know better you know uh-huh. um, but I haven't watched a Hindi movie in 15 years now I think Septare is par, mainly for the reaction of people crying what? Yeah, people cry in that movie, man, a lot. Every time that flipbook comes in, uh-huh. fuckers just like <laughs> it's like the it's like the ending for the notebook. It's just and the, it's the cheapest scene in the entire movie. It's just a flip book, right. and that has the most fucking tear-jerk value. <laughs> so it's Five ke scene ne full crore So that's that's the best. That that's the kind of drumming that I want to do now, actually, in music. Uh-huh. You know, like it's a Benjamin Button. Like I played all this prog shit. Yeah, now I'm just narrowing it down to just the three things I need to play. Uh-huh. And it's basically that only, man. The, like, if you can make million dollars with room and go into the chorus and just do it and it's a million bucks, you won. <laughs> Fuck all the jazz, man. <laughs> nobody, like, I think I've said this before, nobody gets paid, nobody gets laid. I don't know why they're doing it. Uh-huh. And jazz audiences are the best audiences because they wait for that 2% of the gig. That's right. beautiful. Right. The rest were just like, just bakwas and every lick you ever know that's turned yeah. out. Only some kabhi... Maybe it doesn't even happen in the gig. Right. But one time there'll be that magic moment and it'll be like there for a minute and they'll have that thing and then it'll just go. Mm-hmm. And that audience will sit there and wait for that shit. That's an audience. Mm-hmm. That's a real good audience. They don't, they're not paying you any money though. I don't know why. <laughs> no, I mean, that's an interesting point though because, uh,
0: you know, one word that just popped up when you were talking about that was the artist's ego.
1: Mm. I've broken. I've totally broken that cycle. By the way, uh-huh. this, this is the cycle I was talking about. Actually, yeah, the right. Benjamin Button. It's a yeah. worst cycle for music. Because we're like, uh, you see a lot of these guys kind of
0: go up and say, "I don't make music. I make music for me, and not the audience. I'll make
1: whatever I want. I ah, don't say Don't expect to sell it. <laughs> That's all, man. Yeah. You make a sandwich for you. Nobody else is eating that sandwich. With extra mustard. Nobody likes extra mustard. You know, like, right? That, that kind of shit. But it's a, it's a. No but then where do you find that balance point because see i mean
0: if we you look at the most current people, most
1: people don't find it man mm-hmm. like the, there's no balance point if you see the guys who actually do good work even tool that's yeah. not a balance point that just happened to be and they're still kind of like chilling they mm-hmm. could go crazier right if they wanted to but just sticking to like a format of how the songs are presented mm-hmm. so there's not really a balance point
0: mm-hmm. so explain
1: or oh, if you check out Mars volta right okay you, whatever album you heard that's that's the watered down shit if you see the outtakes and what all they actually turned into the songs of that, yeah, those are fucking out there, man. And they are like he releases album, he releases an album a month or some shit. I'm not sure, but there's a lot of shit releases. Some of that you can have some of the exact compositions you can trace back, and you can see, oh fuck, that made it to the Grammy winning album. Oh, and that part of it made it there, and this part of that song got stuck to that part, and they made it there. So mm-hmm. like that, that's, that's that's watered down stuff the real whiskey is in all the other recordings and you're just like oh it's just it's Psytrance, oh my god like it's crazy it's just it's just whacked out shit uh-huh. so that does happen there's no balance point you come up with a a vision and you complete that vision and then if it can sell fine if you can't then you figure out another vision with it which where it can sell or figure out something because mm-hmm. there's some things that people will accept some things they won't right so, what worked for what worked for JF though because it was, it was Hindi pop music with distortion right? I'm sorry, what? It was Hindi pop music with distortion. People Join still... family with yeah. Hindi pop music. What the <laughs> fuck? Just, <this> <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's distortion, man. We were, we were laughing our way to the bank. But, but it was so much fun. The idea was to keep it simple. And yeah. It, effort, so that everybody could jump on stage and mm-hmm. make it a good show. Mm-hmm and uh, interact with people who are still playing drop D guitar. So right. most of the songs are one finger fucking tracks. Yeah. I'm the only one sweating. <laughs> <laughs> because like I was just like, if nobody's working, I gotta do some flashy shit. Yeah, I so remember I, so I remember. I, yeah, that. So I tried, and succeeded sometimes, failed sometimes. We practiced a lot, six hours a day, I think we practiced as a band. Yeah. So we kept on going through the, the songs, and we had them, we kept on writing during those jams uh-huh. or whatever. And it Dude, was, I remember that track, man. I was trying to sub for you. Fuck! Yeah the That two, was it, it, yeah. So so the original track in the a, if you have drums wise, I think in uh in the audio recording on the album it's one seventy five, one seventy eight or something. Okay. All right. And um, live though this is a no holds barred right. Sanani, like my guitar player Sanani would start the track at man. 200 bro oh man I was like it's not a it's not a punk I'm not dude uh, <laughs> like 16th notes bro you're playing with a finger like my body's going to split into two because I'm trying to forget like once I tried to practice it before I got to that tempo yeah. I actually have fallen over on the drums, somebody like, playing, saying? playing, playing just balances out, but my feet are in the air trying to play it always. I just fell over. <laughs> and it was the most embarrassing. Like, it was embarrassing, bro. They're just laughing at me, like, like yeah, because like, <laughs> I, I was shaking, like, fucking trying to do it, laughing, mini heart attack.
0: Yeah, man. I, drums is like extreme sports.
1: Yeah, I mean, but you would get stuck, like I said, you would bring it back to the point of the cycles. You get stuck in cycles, you get stuck in a way of doing things. Right. And you have to. Constantly be out of the box because you've got five tools to work with and you mm-hmm. you're yeah. going drum, drum kit and each style of music has its own focus points. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, you got to do some weird shit nowadays mm-hmm. to pass by as an actual percussionist. Right. You can't just be like I'll play drum kit. Nah, you gotta you gotta make sure the sounds right. You gotta make sure the triggers are there. You gotta make sure all the uh, knickknacks are, that you have to give sound effects with are there. You have to get all the samples. You have to make sure everything sounds top quality. They did yeah. that in the 80s. Even Modellie Crew had triggers and samples and shit, man. Mm-hmm. On their drum kit, but we never even bothered to check it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, nowadays you can't even go without it. It's not a stadium thing. It's like a regular guy thing now with the production angle on your drum kit. Mm-hmm. So that's a cycle that you'll have to break too. Right. Getting used to just playing drum kit rather than seeing what the sound is for the song. Mm-hmm. And for the other cycle is obviously Benjamin Buttoning yourself, which is like, you do everything and then you're like, I only want to do this in that song. Right. So you'll pick those two things, you'll just play a simple beat or something like that, mm-hmm. stay out of the way of the track, make sure you drive the track, you're an interior decorator, you're not the actual architect of the song.
0: That's an interesting point though, but I mean, okay, here's... Here's why that point confuses me a little bit. Hmm. Alright? In your case, you've played every genre of music that I can think of. Except jazz. Except Actually, jazz.
1: Once I tried playing jazz and I sucked.
0: That's why I never played again. So the one thing that you sucked at. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. I suck at a lot of other things. <laughs> you just get better over time, man.
0: Right. But then there are other folks who we've met, seen, played with, shared the stage with who are essentially just that one Sticking to that one genre of music,
1: true. Yeah, there are a lot of people that just
0: paint. stick to yeah. one particular genre of music, yeah. right? How'd you break out of that bit? Because I mean, like I said, right? There's this there's this artist's ego hmm. that I want to be identified like this is my identity. I want to be known for this, hmm. and I know for a fact that I've been caught up in that rut as well. Like I was primarily known as metal drummer.
1: Yeah, for the large part, still left. But that, but that shows when you're playing though. Yeah. It shows in the things you concentrate concentrating. It shows in the concentration on the cake how you balance your body on the cake and stuff. Right. Like that. Because the balance doesn't become different. You do. You st- start leaning forward more. Yeah. Your, your 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 head is always trying to balance over the snare drum rather mm-hmm. than lay back or whatever. Right. Or play a certain way. Um, it, it, it i think i think i broke out of the entire circle mainly because i was a pop drummer then forced to do metal like my friends broke me out of it basically i just surrendered to like direction i guess mm-hmm. that was it like i remember clients coming to me saying here's a song hear it Slipknot, People equal shit. I spent, told you, I spent two days yeah. r- doing it. So that is me breaking out a cycle. I was a, I was like, dream theater, dream theater is everything. And that time, I, when I heard Slipknot, I was like, dream theater sucks. Once I understood <laughs> it, I was like, this sucks. <laughs> fuck. Why am I listening to this pussy shit? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, these guys are da, 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 And I fucking lost my shit more than any other thing. That's when I could understand it. Right. It took me two days of continuous listening to even make, to even realize that that's not white noise. Right. It just, it does actually, yeah. rhythms happening. Yeah. Nice yeah, yeah, and it's just like <laughs> earlier it was just like bah! and then slowly I could see the blah, blah, blah. oh shit they're sick. singing something okay yeah. and then it just like my ear just delved, in, delved into it more like like I got used to it like a mm-hmm. smell or like eating cheese mm-hmm. but once you get used to it you become fucking addicted so yeah. that happened to me really quickly and I was just into metal the entire time so I've had phases I I got into like the whole extreme prog rock thing mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, with, with Pornography and, like, um, you got The Rush and all yeah. that stuff. I had a phase of that. that is where what I started with. Then I went to Dream Theater. Mm-hmm. Then all the other prog rock stuff yeah. uh, that was going about at that time. A lot, actually. Then I got into the rock thing mm-hmm. where all the 60s rock also stuff happened and I heard all yeah. that old shit. Mm-hmm. And I went through the entire library of music till the 20s till now. And then I had... Uh, that was a good year. Yeah. And then I started listening to, like... Um, about this like pop music again. Yeah. And then the whole metal thing happened after that pop music. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere in the middle, I had more Metallica phase also. But that was one week. Oh, after, wait, after, after one week you play any Metallica, riff. if I've not heard the song, I'll play you the exact drum part and I'll be 90% right. <laughs> because Lars. <laughs> because Lars, bro there's this it's just a plus B equals C, bro. Right. Yeah. It's going to happen. You uh-huh. know that he's doing this, and he's going to do this, and he's got five fills. He's, sorry, got five fills. Just pick up one of the five fills. You probably get it right. Right. For the situation it is. You know? <laughs> and fuck up somewhere in the middle just for authenticity. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like, but there's that there. So, yeah. uh, So I went, had a phase like that. Then I went into the metal thing. Then uh, went into like garage rock along with the metal thing because the punk vibe was still there in the metal, the thrash thing. Mm-hmm. Um, moved into like more psychedelic space then uh, when the onset of like listening to a lot of psychedelic music and then finally when I reached the point in somewhere in the 2000s where I heard 2007 or something and I heard the Mars Volta my head flipped mm-hmm. and I was like shit and I saw them live oh my god what a show like, Wait with who? With Thomas Pritchard or the other guy. Thomas Pritchard, bro. I saw the Bedlam. I saw the Bedlam and Goliath. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, the Mars man. Baby. It was so good. It It was three and a half hours. They played for three and a half hours continuously. They only played nine songs.
0: Guys, those of you who don't know who Thomas Pritchard is, Google him. Like, Fuck that. Please, those of you who've not seen
1: heard that album Bedlam and Goliath by the Mars Volta, it's 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 for them it's pop music, but for us it's essentially a acid trip, in our... <laughs> bottle bro just <laughs> quietly just listen to that music and I swear to god you'll have, it rock and roll it's like Led Zeppelin 2050 rock and roll dude. has not been it's like rock and roll has not been played like that in a long time dude bro. I heard
0: that album and my only reaction was fuck it I give up drums I can't play this shit yeah, ever think, again that's f- it the
1: first, 30, first 15 seconds of Wax Simulacra that song um, the first 15 seconds is what I think would win you a Grammy you just, you just, oh. like I heard that and I was just like
0: guys I'm gonna sh- translate that for a second that's not gibberish that's Shadul explaining yeah. drum parts that, that, that.
1: <laughs> drummers will get what I said Yeah, they, they know exactly where I'm at in the song how it's going and what the phrases people have played it in their heads right now <laughs> but, but I swear to God it, it, that's a, watching that band was a life changing experience oh, man. I learned some shit and I was standing right up front I got to slap the saxophone play and stop the gig that's how close I was Oh yeah! It's like it, the stage was loaded in opera theater. It looked like a mini mini psychedelic concert with like s- like full lighting and like uh, it had n- normal opera statues happening. So it uh-huh. looked like some kind of Goa guild vibe happening. Oh damn! And, but it was three and a half hours, so people are actually offering LSD at the gig. <gasps> I had an exam the next morning, oh, so fuck. I I had a couple of beers and I uh, basically scored a ninety six or some shit the next morning. Because okay. I was so happy, nothing would go wrong. <laughs> um, but it was, it was too good though. that That's a learning experience. And mm-hmm. there I broke a cycle, by mm-hmm. the way, of, again, be stopping stopping that whole, from metal, I went from experimenting, then I went to rigid playing, then I went into pop, being yeah. more rigid. And with the whole pass order thing happening, again, it went into like, explode my friend. <laughs> and it, it, I was just like, thinking of like, different patterns to work around the kid, doing this. I'm like, right. this, this guy really, really killed it with that. Basically, a lot of the gospel choppy stuff and all of the patterns. But they're not musical half the time. mm They don't serve the song. They're not musical. They don't really follow the melody exactly the way it is. When it does, it's beautiful. Mm. But when it doesn't, which is 90% of the time, it's not very nice. Right. It's just overplaying pretty much. And uh, that guy, somehow it... Was the, what the song wanted because I guess these songs were live or jammed out, whatever it yeah. was. But it was needed for the performance, and I was just like, this is so integral. It's like if that drum part with that fill and all that didn't happen, it was like Tool. You can't change a single drum note. Yeah. In Tool, if you add one, like Tom note somewhere else, it's a whole different song now. <laughs> like everybody knows every note, man. We just we we know it ex- needs to exist in the exact spot, the way it is. Not a single hi hat or a kick drum or a snare or a tom tom or any rotor thing or any symbol. Nothing should be extra. Should be exactly the part that's as written because that's how it was meant to be played right. a lot of songs you can do different shit you can add some fills Tool is not one of them Mars Volta is not one of them
0: weirdly enough I don't think Metallica is one of them either
1: yeah but that's because Lars really fucked it really. <laughs> that's why I said Lars had a good thing going you understand yeah. what I mean like he had a thing Yeah. and he caught on he's like dude this basic shit has got a it's got something yeah. it'll catch and it did on record but then the guys now now I've seen a. Uh, if you see Metallica concert just don't if you're a fan just don't it's literally just all about the bass player and, and the two guitar players. Like I don't even know if Lars is like... I think he's just phoning it in now. <laughs> I think he's just phoning it in. He's just playing because he has to or some shit. I don't uh-huh. know. Or maybe he wants to. I don't know. But he's not doing justice to those songs. Yeah. And it's... I mean, I take music seriously. Mm-hmm. So even if, if I fuck up my song, I'm upset. I guess he's not upset. Yeah, I've seen that with you. Yeah, I get really upset <laughs> too. I get, I, if I, if I play it the best of my ability, I'm great. Uh-huh. But if I know that I, I cheaped out somewhere... Even if it's like... if Absolutely fine, but I cheaped out somewhere. If I feel it, mm-hmm. that I haven't given it the 100% that I should be, then it's uh, um, I feel bad about it. Because no, I, I didn't it. enjoy it. I like to get that oomph auto workout. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That everybody at the gym gets that pump. That happens to us as drummers. Yeah. We really lay into it like a cricket bat with a stroke mm-hmm. point. Like, it just... It feels good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about... I mean... Um, I don't know if you've noticed right now. Mm. There aren't a lot of people... Either a lot of people have given up on playing an instrument, mm-hmm. or they just aren't picking one up. Yeah,
1: and yeah. it's
0: surprising to me, uh, me specifically, people because people are not picking it up.
1: I've seen a lot of young <laughs> kids who just laptop it.
0: Yeah, which is strange to me right now because I remember, uh, I remember when when I was gigging. Extensively, and I call that period extensively because, okay, my, by my standards, yes. I mean, now I'm playing a gig a year, uh-huh, uh-huh. but uh, you're
1: working and you're doing a lot of other things, so
0: yeah. I mean, I'd love to get back to it at some uh, point, the sacrifice. yeah. But and I'm happy to do that, but but still, like, um, in my case, the reasons are different. In my case, I want to
1: pursue other things you got you got that Jeet Kune Do thing happening you got yeah you got a lot of you got a lot of interest, physical interests so you know they take time and energy and if you start doing drumming with them i think it'll take a toll on your body also actually
0: i think with music primarily it's more along the lines of i want to play what i want to play like what i want ah. to make as yeah. opposed to playing someone else's songs but that's a whole different ball game hmm. uh what i do see and, and around that time which is around 2000 the uh, 2005 onwards till about 2013 14 Ish, you had a lot of people buying instruments, getting into music, uh, starting their own bands. I don't see that a lot right now. Why do you think that that's
1: happening? I mean, the whole access with the whole laptoping it—it's it, great because you don't have. There's no uptake. You don't have to learn the instrument. You just kind of learn the work and all the hard work of action. It's like it's not hard when you're doing a DJ set. Mm-hmm. If you play like a couple of line, lead lines on the guitar and go ting, da, ting, wow, wow, on top of that's fine. Yeah, it's easy as shit to do mm-hmm. that if you can play an instrument rudimentary because you're just winging it. Mm-hmm. The hard part, actually, music to do a live performance is to do the constant things. Right. If you have to go, check it, check it, check it, it, do that for 20 minutes, now you find out how Mm -hmm. hard it is to keep it going. Yeah. You know? Exactly like that. So, it sounds great on a system and it sounds like it's a sample track. Right. You know, a computer can just select that loop, do that shit, it'll do the exact same thing forever. Mm -hmm. So, it takes down the uptake time of actually getting that right Mm -hmm. and putting it to stage, putting it to performance, putting it to somebody's ears. Mm. So people are obviously gravitating towards it. It's a lot easier to sit in your ass and actually do it. But mm-hmm. people are seeing that as the instrument. The actual thing of it is that um, it's the pen and paper. Mm-hmm. The computer is a pen and paper. Right. You still have to learn the instrument. Uh-huh. St- I can read and write music. I don't need a computer to write you a song. I can write on a piece of paper and you give it to you. If you give it to a, a band, they'll play the entire thing. Right. Just find the exact instruments that are written on top of the page. Get and Play it. It'll be work. It'll work. Right. Uh, so I can write a Full piece of sheet music for you, which is the exact same thing as a door. Mm-hmm. Is writing me street music. You've got a piano roll and doing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it's just replacing the pen and paper. Okay. But the musical knowledge and experience only happens if you physically chew on something. You only know what a potato tastes like if you eat potato. Right. So unless you play the instrument, you don't know what exactly <laughs> is going to happen here. <laughs> so you. So I had to learn piano so I could produce.
0: Hmm. You Guess know, I don't did want know. to
1: produ- Learn production. I know what happens in music sounds good and I'll learn it as I go it's, right. it's the dotting the I's and crossing the T's but I need the language first yeah. so I need to learn the language how it's represented on a piano I just know how it's represented on a piece of paper right. and what it sounds like but I could never trace it down to a piano uh-huh. now I've learned how to do that and again YouTube's in the bath, bro <laughs> so that's where the in collab is happening right now bro it's a revolution of music fucking people like man you can anybody has access to that much uh, stuff that people would tell you uh, mm. on, like it's for free There's some Vela guy always who's done it before you and they put it online. Mm -hmm. So you always learn. It's very easy. And you don't have to learn an instrument. You just have to learn how to play the piano. And if you know that, you can learn anything. What? Because a piano is a representation representation of an actual full orchestra with all your fingers being one part. Yeah. So you'll play 10 notes together. That's 10 pieces of an orchestra. Uh-huh. So that's how it's. it's I've how never pre- had that analogy before. Oh, that's what it's representing. A mm-hmm. uh, full orchestra, basically. When you have violins doing five, six things, yeah, each of them has a note, so that's a harmony. Mm-hmm. So they're basically playing a chord, right? So uh, that's how. It, so that's what I needed it for. So I could represent it, not on the piano roll, because I gotta just figure it out and written it down. I need to do it quickly, so that's why I wanted to learn the piano. Mm-hmm. So, I don't have to go and then write it like I would write in a piece of paper and imagine it. No, I just want to play it. It happens faster. Right. So, if you know the instrument also, music making is fucking first. It's not <laughs> even funny, dude. If I, like, you give me a song, give me a drum, just run it once and I'll have you a full beat ready. Mm. Any drummer would do that, right? Yeah. Just, just give them a song, they'll do it, and you sequence it, you do it. It takes a bit more. Or at least should be able to do it. And then all the nuances have to be added in stages and all the stuff right. happens and stuff. It's one. <laughs> The second you had give a drummer it, it'll just puke out everything. All the nuances will come out in one go. The whole track will be played. All the variations are there. Everything is there. If you want to loop something, loop something. It's your problem. But everything comes out in one go. Mm-hmm. And you've got all the articulations, everything, which you would do step-by-step pattern. You do yeah. always do step-by-step when you sequence drums or any kind of sequencing without instrumental controllers or help. Mm-hmm. If you're just typing it down on the piano roll, it takes stage by stage to build it. Right. You could just do it. If you know music, it'd just be quick. <laughs> like you do it, in the, it like, as you say it. You know, you don't, you won't take time. And that's what people are not willing to do, is put in the time. Because to put, you do have something in one minute, mm-hmm. it takes you 10 years of practice to do. Right. So that's that's something people don't want to put in and it's easier to have a ready result of some house music or some kind of uh, experimental EDM track or whatever in front of you there and then in a year. You'll have some good <laughs> shit happening because you understand what the basic theories of music are and the, how the computer works basically mm-hmm. around it. Where do you think live music is headed
0: now? And I don't mean... Because uh, we're looking at a lot of indie folks doing really, really well. Yeah. No, but I, I still consider them far and few.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. you'll have, like, there, are, there yes, are some...
1: Musicians doing well have always been far and few, by the way. Yeah,
0: that's true. But there are some who, have like, I would say, within the confines of at least a certain strata mm-hmm. have made it. Yeah, true. And then there are others who are still there. They're still active that would be me but never
1: really made it that would be me I consider that that I've not really made it at all I would consider the Bentley the thing I've I've given myself a physical thing to achieve Mm -hmm. because you don't nobody's going to promote you right in a music job you have to just take your own promotions as you take them Mm -hmm. Uh, for yourself like I bought a house so I'm doing well or I'm senior VP or something you know right so so I've given uh, like I want a Bentley that's it that's my mark if I can do music and buy a Bentley with music money I've achieved that Status (laughs) St- status <laughs> that I have that much of cash flow. That means I promoted myself. Uh-huh. So that's how that your own be boss thing comes in. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- it, I, th- I guess uh, the people who stuck around and still not really made it. They're doing it. You're predominantly doing it for the love of it, man. Right? Because there's no other return here. Yeah. So I'm saying it from personal experience because I don't think I made it mm-hmm. because I'm not I'm not into that much of a Bollywood sort of music thing where audience next to me is that big. Right. You know, right out my door, there's a uh, Billion people who listen to that, Mm. but I'm approach uh, with my music basically trying to hit only ten thousand out of one billion, you know, a lakh Mm. max across the entire country. So that's my choice. I'm just trying to capture that market, and that kind of market will find me. Mm -hmm. And once they do find me, they'll do like what I do. They'll follow me for an age, like I said. we met through music Yeah. so you heard some of my work and then we met so normally what happens is because the crowd audience is so small I'll end up meeting them and Mm. being friends with them and uh, so many people have come up to me who are not that young or still my age or whatever and be like man you inspired me to pick up an instrument so I was just like dude that's that's fucking hard like I was just like that's kind of what I wanted (laughs) I was like hey I'm having a like it's like I don't get get the whole I watch cricket all the time you know like I don't get it like he's getting paid shit tons of money so you can watch him enjoy himself (laughs) <laughs> it's fun playing cricket man go outside and play cricket Yeah. why are you watching some other dude do it <laughs> I mean I get the whole porn angle but wait what <laughs> that's what you're watching somebody else have sex uh-huh. in a video so yeah. I get the whole porn angle people are obsessed with watching other people do the same thing they want to do uh-huh. uh, but actually do it you actually get to do it so that's what happened to me I saw, heard a lot of people make music I did it I tried to make music I had a lot of fun with it so I did it and I don't really want to delve into other people's fucking discographies and go crazy with it and all mm-hmm. I want to make music because I, I know they're having a shit ton of fun. Mm-hmm. So I want to have the same sort of fun. And um, that's what keeps me going even though I haven't made it. Hope one day either I make it or one of my uh, bands or pieces of music actually makes a worldwide recognition. But as such, like, I'm lucky, fortunate Dude, to be. you. I think you. you're there with JF already. I don't know, man. I mean, I've done some crazy things with on tour with them which uh-huh. would qualify as some stardom shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you know, I've had my shoes stolen, I've had my stick stolen. I've I've, had, I've, had, I've signed a pair of tits. Uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> okay, then. That is yeah. on the top of the rock and roll <laughs> li- bucket list. <laughs> that, like, sign a pair Done. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Nagaland. Right. Uh, uh, and, uh, like, uh, like, a lot of fun shit. And, um, like, I'm lucky to play with a lot of musicians who have world recognition. Right. So, even if I have not got it personally, I, I've at least recognized that I'm good enough to play with those people. Right who have achieved it or got the recognition or the mm-hmm. skill to mm-hmm. get to that point. So like, Medieval Band is one of them. Karsh Kale is one of them who I can respect quite a lot. Yeah. Because that guy does, can't write music for shit. But the fucker can play anything you throw at him. <laughs> like, you just throw... If it's a, uh, he. I saw him play a dustbin and get the party started right you know he doesn't care it's all by ear and it happens so you give him a Jaltarang, he'll do it you give him a he'll do it if you give him piano he'll do it if you want to sing he'll do it you give him a guitar he'll do it you a tabla he'll do it you give him drum kit he's a great drummer actually mm-hmm. very loud so don't <laughs> stand near the guy um, <laughs> like anything man he just he just picks up an instrument and he's kind of like, figures his way out around it yeah and he has the music in his head he knows what is what he doesn't have to fig- fig- write it mm-hmm. but then He's not a pen and paper guy. He's a computer guy. So that's his pen and paper. Right. And he can produce the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. So, and what, Jojo Mayer was his drummer for like what? A bunch of years, bro. No jokes. Jojo Mayer was his drummer, man. Oh, man. That's like hard. I was like, I'm got Jojo's job? Le yes! <laughs> 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 so that, that, did, that moment did happen. He told me that. Uh-huh. Like, I didn't even think about it. Like, oh, fuck, Jojo played with you so good. No. i like, Jojo got a job. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes!
0: <laughs> Even oh. Jay
1: Rock, man. He has Jojo Mayer's job, dude. Fucking kick ass. Damn, man. That's who, that's who held that position before. I was like, <laughs> yeah, both heavy cheese. I like it. Right. Like, <laughs> like Jojo Mea is God for a lot of people, man. Bro, he's very good, man. He's He just looks weird. <laughs> now. Now.
0: Alright, my second last question. So for uh typically I'm gonna ask. Okay, my second last question. For those people who are still trying to figure their way out, specifically with music, picking up an instrument, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or at least want to take this up mm-hmm. as a full-time thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How can they go about doing that? What are the five, three, one,
1: whatever you feel like? I mean, okay, it's not a five, three, one. 3, sort of, It's not an amount of things that you can do. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of different, different things in different hands you can right. yeah. go for. Uh, but... Uh, I mean, I did the. I, like, I was a metal guy, known for that and shit like that, but I have got songs in Bollywood movies now. Yeah. And doing other work with scoring, other shit, which is full mainstream, mm-hmm. playing mainstream bands also. So I've done all that. I don't know why I consider I haven't made it. <laughs> 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 I think the make it in India is like, I'm not going in Bollywood. I'm not going to make it in Bollywood. I'm not going to make it in Bollywood. I'm not going to make it in Bollywood. I'm not going to make made in Bollywood. I'm not going to make it in Like, it's just. It's, it's just I guess you just it's just amount of work. I don't think you I don't think you see the whole. Oh, you made it from uh, uh, like even if you are a top echelon, if you're considered that, mm-hmm. you're still struggling every day to put uh, put get projects and go do things and uh, make music and stuff. like That it's always a struggle. It could stop at any time, you mm-hmm. know. So there's no guarantee there. Right. So you never really make it. You're always chasing to make it. Right. So um, you I think the best thing would be to buckle down, mm-hmm. be in it for the long haul. Be in it for the right reasons. One of them, if you're trying to get rich making music, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you get rich being a celebrity for sure, mm-hmm. but you won't get rich by making music. That will not be your product right. that you'll be selling. Maybe you'll do endorsements and that'll make you money. If you have to get good at and known for making music, mm-hmm. um, so buckle down for the long haul. Get your shit straight, which would be the, get the idea of learning the job the actual language that you're speaking to learn how to speak Mm -hmm. and then figure out the tools to speak it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It does not have to be a guitar to speak it. You have to learn the guitar to know the language and to feel the language in your body Mm -hmm. and then you can write it on a computer or a piece of paper. It's up to you. Mm -hmm. Learn the back end. The more jobs you can do yourself, the better. Mm -hmm. Um, For the beginning at least. Right. Until you see a business opportunity happen with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Be very good at your mix and master or get good people to help you. Mm -hmm. Uh... Definitely um, listen to a lot of music early on mm-hmm. and there's no harm in copying. Copy whatever you like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, that's the way to find out how it's done. Right. Or do it yourself. So that's the easiest way to find out how it's done. Just mm-hmm. try to make that song exactly like that song mm-hmm. or somewhere around about it. And <laughs> if I, all the fuck-ups will make it you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Don't try to copy it verbatim. Right. Because uh, you won't try to sample it and just put it together and be like, ah Banadia. You know? Mm-hmm. It. Try to come up with the exact same thing, use the same process, use the same thing, mm-hmm. same work 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 model. Yeah. And come up with the re- same result, whether it be a mix, whether it be a songwriting mm-hmm. session, whether it be vocals, whether it be vocal production, whether it be um instrumentation, arrangement, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Get very good at arrangement. That's one thing that uh, makes or breaks careers. Right with any, any laptop dude, any musician writing music for any symphonic uh, composer. Mm-hmm. Uh, get really good at arrangement. Right. Very good. It's like the Achilles heel of people like going like, yeah, I've got 50 unfinished projects this month. <laughs> that's why your songs didn't finish because your arrangement sucks. Right. Your arrangement skills suck. My arrangement skills suck. Only randomly do I land on a good arrangement and I'm like keep it <laughs> you know don't fuck with it you know yeah. and then uh, it just happens so that's why you want to learn the instrument so the arrangement happens naturally Right. but if you go stage by stage you've got to really plan out the arrangement I'm going to have a chorus I'm going to have this But otherwise the, the chord will change automatically when you're playing a guitar and it'll mm-hmm. just, you'll just go into the chorus because it just right. naturally flows that's the stuff that happens when you know how to play an instrument arrangement mm-hmm. you get a lot more time to concentrate on the feeling of the arrangement right. rather than having to arrange it but you still have to be very good at the task regardless of how you approach it mm-hmm. Uh, that'll make or break your career. If -hmm. you want to have a career in music, to sell music. Right. uh, Arrangement, and you win. Because you'll do some simple ass shit, people love it, but it's arranged beautifully, so it's not boring, and slow clap. (laughs) To the bank. (laughs) To the bank.
0: Yep. All right, man. My last question.
1: Where can these people reach out to you? So, people can reach out to me on Instagram most predominantly, because I am very active on it, on Mm. general. Um so it's it's at this is Shardul. Mm-hmm. So that's S-H-A-R-D-U-L. Mm-hmm. Um you can find me with that handle on Facebook and all the Facebook subsidiaries, so Instagram, right. or whatever. And um that'd be the best place to reach me. I'd give you my mobile number, but it's actually a very easy number and I get a lot of crank calls or a lot of bullshit, so I don't even answer phones anymore that yeah, I don't have no. the numbers off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um if I don't have your number, it's not getting picked up. Right. So um that wouldn't be a good place so, and you can email me and the email is again on Instagram hey, just go on Instagram
0: go on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> Right, man thank you so much for this this has been a wonderful conversation
1: well thanks for having me bro
0: I mean I, I was surprised because I mean I only wanted to do this for the drum kit but fuck that <laughs> shit
1: <laughs> we, should, we should definitely do uh, uh, like a drum duo thing we're soon, gonna man. do a
0: drum duo thing I've done soon. your
1: podcast now you gotta do one of my Instagram videos yes
0: sir <laughs> absolutely yes, absolutely for sure for sure bro <laughs> Alright guys, thank you so much for joining. Uh, I hope you liked the episode. I hope you got some value out of it. If you any of you are actually looking at, and I think this holds true for anything you do, not just music, uh, anything outside of uh, the norm or the preconditioned choices you have, just go get after it. Really immerse yourself in what you're trying to do. See how you can do it better, how you can get better, and stick it out for the long haul. Alright, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Till then, bye-bye.